sitting back, relaxing, and talking sports with the guys. Hey, we're just men doing manly things. Light up a cigar and have a brew with the starting lineups, Tyler Ivins and Eric King. For the next 60 minutes, it's the Gentleman's Hour podcast on The Sports Animal. Well, it's been a minute since we last ventured on over here to Barley's in the Old City. For it's been a- an hour. Gentlemen's, it's, it's, it's been an hour since it's I last been, saw you. You know, it's so funny. The world of radio, you could be like, you know, it's been a minute since we've done this, or we're minutes away. Doesn't matter if we're two minutes away or if we're 2,867 minutes away. We're still minutes, plural, away. We are minutes away. It's been quite some time, but glad to be back here on the podcast. John Stantel, Tyler Robbins, Eric Kane here on and 991thesportsanimal.com. Happy to have you guys aboard. So glad you led with Stantel today because this, well, this is truly he, makes the week. Seriously, if you get a chance to catch up, and get an opportunity to be in the presence of John Stansel. Just tell stories, get caught up. I mean, hell, he's over here telling us right now. He's. I'm gonna. I'm. I swear to you, I'm not BSing you. I had no idea you were 70. I had no idea that you could be Dusty Baker managing the Houston Astros right now. That is unbelievable. H- Happy New Year, first and foremost. How have you been? Thank you. Thank you. Very well. Quite Everything well, good. Thank you. Man. Good, good New Year. You know, it's January 30th, and good this is actually holiday. pretty uh, doable temperatures. Uh. I remember last year we all commenting, amazing how the month of January had passed, and now it's the following year. It's a damn leap year this year, boys. Yes, it is. It's Olympics, boys. One more day till the birthday month how I look at it. By the way, March 12th, maybe that Christmas present sandwiched around two birthday presents will be nice. One more day until the birthday month. That would be February. I'm just saying it's a day, another day away until... Until the birthday. Why don't you still remember what your birthday is so they can Mar- Venmo your beers? March 12th. Okay, there. Hear that? March 12th, everybody? There you go. Bitcoin, Venmo, find me. You, Bitcoin? No. Okay. <laughs> say, if you know cryptocurrency, then we have another podcast we've got to do. My, well, I was kind of admiring that whole tie in there. My sons, March 15th, March 19th. Five years apart. Look at that. 12, 15, 19. We should just have a week full of birthdays. There are a lot of birthdays in the month of March. I want to say there's a couple at the station as well. Nonetheless, the one on the 12th is the most important because it is yours truly. Uh, guys. I didn't mean to cut you off, but give the intro. This is Gentleman's Hour Podcast. Gentleman's Hour Podcast. Shocker. Look at Ivan's in here kicking the front door in like Jackie Chan. 99.1 <laughs> FM, the Sports Animal, 990 AM. Of course, this is a podcast. You're listening on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, or at 99.1 thesportsanimal.com. At Tyler Ivan's, at John underscore Stancil, and at underscore Kaner. We've been trying to... I get together really for the past month, and it turned. That's okay. Hey, I, I uh, whenever I podcast, I cough all the time. I say I'll edit it out. I never do. I always forget. But hey, it's uh, it, to me that's authenticity. Yeah, it's. I, I'm you're going to hear saws. Radio, you're going to hear trucks. Look, they're adding to downtown, and that's what's so great about living in Knoxville is we continue to see this beautiful city grow. So you know what? Authenticity, authenticity, authenticity. We've had sick days. We've had uh, show. You know, I had to fill on a couple shows, but finally we're getting out here. And we're getting together for an hour. You're probably listening to this podcast right now, and you're probably home with your kid because all of Knox County schools have been canned for the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're at work, and you're turning around right now looking to the board conference room, and your kid's taking the magic marker all over to the board conference room with his construction paper. Spread the word. Don't drink cores. There's a virus, you know. That is true. That is true. Don't. It's. I'm telling you, man, it's – there's a lot of bugs out there, but I've got a cigar in my hand. I've got a cup of coffee from Old City Java in my hand. I'm just glad I got my – we were talking the other day. It might be a little dramatic. I'd rather slam my private parts in a car door than lose my voice. And for two days, I lost my voice. Really, three and a half, and I was not happy. 
there's uh, you know they're having that outbreak going on in, in Hong Kong right now, and uh, if if there was a person at our station that ordered some merchandise from Hong Kong, where the outbreak is right now, who do you think it'd be? Are you kidding me? Tell me this. You're just making this story. I'm up. not making this up. I'm not making this up at all. You've seen them today. You've already Did seen. Did Bad Takes Andy order something <laughs> from the? What does he order from the other side of the globe? Uh, Derrick Henry uh, authentic jersey. Okay, is it worth catching everybody with the coronavirus? Well, he said it'll take about a month for it to get here, so it'll be dead by then. And I was like, I ain't coming around. He's like, if you see me walking around with a Derrick Henry jersey, I might have to shoot him. I might have to shoot him. I mean, this is like, what was that movie with Dustin Hoffman and the monkey? Uh, Outbreak. Yeah. It's a damn outbreak. Might give him a little gift box of, uh, gift bottle of Clorox. (laughs) But I mean, you know, of all the people, it would have to be Bad Take Andy, right? That's just funny. I'm, I am not surprised by this whatsoever. If this was Family Feud, Steve Harvey would be like top one answer on the board. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on. So we'll get into the program. The program. We'll get into the podcast here in a minute. The rundown, but something I want to bring from a Starbench Cut Sports Animal host Starbench Cut. You wrote it. The, you give the, credit. The ones that yeah yeah, it's one of my better ones. Yeah. Who would host the best Super Bowl party? Jimmy Himes, John Wilkerson, Josh Ward. We all were unanimous in start, oh, yeah. start Jimmy Himes because the gumbo, you go you know, the food, you're going to learn knowledgeable stuff. <laughs> yeah. Always entertain when you're with John Wilkerson. And then Josh, you know, by default, two kids at home. What if it was, let's spin it around. What about, like, put, put whoever you want in there, make it your own. No, no, no. What about who would, who would throw the worst party? Out of those three? No, let's go. I don't know if you can really say bad out of those three because they'd add some aspect to it. Let's go, who would throw the worst Super Bowl party? Will West. Vince Ferrara. No, Vince would throw a pretty fun party. I think Vince would throw Will a great party. Will West, Bron Rice, and Heather Harrington. Go. Man, you are putting me in a corner on that one. Who are they again? Will West, Bron Rice, okay, I'm Heather starting, Harrington. I'm starting Heather because she has more room. And she is. No, to throw the worst party. Oh, the worst? Yeah. So, so start would be the worst? Yes. Oh, Will. You start Will because Will is not big on the whole having people over. Yeah. Plus, you got to go. We got to go to bed at a decent hour, and he yeah, needs his yeah, sleep. True, true, true. So I'm going to start Will. I'll bench Vince because Vince will at least Vince still, Vince still lives in like an apartment area, so like his room is limited, and he even admits his mother does all the cooking, being from an Italian family. So unless she's Dry icing overnight into the Super Bowl menu. Yeah, true, true. And then I'm cutting Heather because Heather. I mean, Heather. Not only does she, is she awesome house, awesome house, awesome but husband. Her husband Glenn, yeah. just an absolute whiz on the grill. Yep. We went uh, a couple years back for um, Gus's, Gus's uh, number second two. birthday. Yeah. And he smoked this sausage. I mean, I swear to God, I just looked at it and I was like, "There's nothing on this planet that should be this good." That's great. I actually considered going vegan until I had that sausage, <laughs> and I was like, "That's a bad decision." That was our last free weekend before Tennessee started playing. A little two-year-old's birthday party. We got turned up. I had a I had a Mickey in my hand in a bounce house. <laughs> yeah. And Heather walked by and she goes, "Are you? do you have a can of beer in that bounce house? I go, I'm watching your son. She goes, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, a lot has happened. Uh, really, since the last time we podcast, I mean, Tennessee had a dramatic comfort behind win in the Tax Larry Gator Bowl. Um, Tennessee Volunteers men basketball team's been fairly up and down. Uh, Tennessee has had two. Of course two, we do this damn podcast after they get outboarded offensively by a By 19 offensively. They had more O boards than Tennessee had total boards. Uh, it was discouraging top to bottom. I mean, and that doesn't come down to coaching. That is effort by the team. That's that loss that right is. there, that's a loss that will keep you out of the NCAA tournament. Tennessee's going to be dogs in probably what? 
over half of their next remaining games. They'll be dogs uh, Saturday against Mississippi State. They'll certainly be dogs Twice against Kentucky, Auburn, Arkansas. Both against Auburn. Yep. Oh, yeah, two against Auburn, two against Kentucky, One Auburn. Against, see, I'm not sure about Florida anymore because yeah. the game's here. Yeah. Uh, I'd say right now the next game, if I, I'm running down the schedule quickly in my head, the next game they likely have a chance to be favorited in. They play Bandy again. They do, but is it Arkansas? Ah, that Arkansas game is going to uh, be home? I don't know. I mean, I know Arkansas lost last night. They did, but, it, I man, I don't I – bet, I bet Tennessee's favored by one. Yeah. We'll see. I'll say Vols by one here at home against the Point Hawks. being, it's an upper climb. A&M came in, uh, Kim Palm ranking, I believe, a 169. That's brutal. Into the game. Uh, and this was Tennessee who was already – they have – Lenardi does his first four out and then yeah. his next four. And he does a really good job of ranking those teams based on, hey, if you're the number one on the first four out, you are literally the 69th team banging on the door like, please let me in. Tennessee was fifth on that list. Yeah. So they were already technically by those standards the 74th team, and then you lost to A&M. ETSU is higher in the net rankings right now than Tennessee. I believe it. Yeah. ETSU had a nice victory at the beginning of the year against um, – Name escapes me. Who ETSU knocked off? They knocked off ETSU somebody. ETSU beat LSU this year. That's right? who it was. Yep. They beat LSU in in Baton Rouge. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's the victory I'm thinking. LSU, who's seven and zero in SEC play right now. Who I thought Alabama was going to give them more of a test. They were last night. I yep. took the sister out to main event for her Christmas present. I got her a gift card. So sucker, that girl loves bowl. Anything with a ball, bowling, basketball, or or uh, ski ball. Ski ball. Thank you. Ski She's ball. Like, there you go. You know the five thousand spot in the corners. Can't hit him to save my life. You have a gun in my head, done. Bury me. My sister sinks him every time like Kobe in the fourth. I've Sidebar. never seen her. Never seen a girl do it. Never seen a human do it. She can do it. Sidebar, they're a sponsor at our station, by the way, too, so I'm not just saying it for that, but I've gone to Smoky Mountain Axe House twice. Yeah. So much fun. Okay. I might want to And yeah, I'm that. not just saying that. I walked in. I, after the first time I went, I walked because they sponsor a part of Eric Angel's show. Yeah. And I walked in and I said, hey, when is uh, the sponsor segment for Smoky Mountain Axe House? And they were like, you know, whatever. And I was like, well, be sure to tell everybody that I went uh, two nights ago, and I'm good. I'm really good. So, and I'm not just saying like I'm good. That that okay. So real quick, just to rewind before we move it, we miss out too much. I caught myself the whole time while Chandler was playing, peeking at the LSU Bama score the whole time, and I'm like, Bama's going to make this a game. Now LSU essentially stayed out in front of the entire game and said, "Thank you, thank you, no, thank you." Smoky Mountain Axe House, that whole concept scares the hell out of me because I'm that guy who won't be paying attention and turn around and then. Somebody comes around the corner and I'm doing the Stavi hello, and I have no, I have just my thumb and my my <laughs> pinky. Yeah. So I'm hanging loose like I'm from Hawaii for the rest Each of my life. Each lane has a supervisor and all that. There's rules. It's it's pretty fun. Can you drink while you do it? Uh, no. At least not not at Smoky Mountain Axe House. I'm one in Okay, that's now. that's fine. Um, but I'm pretty. But sure if you had a good time, then that's something I need to put on my list of things to do. Where's it's fun, the challenge man. if you're not drinking? I know. Seriously, here's the thing: you have to funnel. Uh, you have to you have to do two funnels. You have to spin around on the axe on the ground, dizzy bat style, then throw it at the target. If Sounds. it can't be a hold my beer moment, throwing axes. <laughs> then, the new initiation for interns is we make them put an apple on their head and make them sit on a chair on the other end and say, "Hold it! Don't move." That's scary. Yeah, that's. A but there's some guys like throwing like legit, you know, full length axes like with two. I mean, it's it's insane. They have leagues and everything. They they ask me if I'm want to play in a league. I'm telling you, I was pretty good. Anyway, I'm gonna have to go back. It's fun. It's it's a lot of fun. But uh, so, like, what's the delivery? Like a football or like how do you like you keep it in front of you and just so you know I've actually gotten so invested and in I've started to watch videos on how people do it and everything. I mean, the guys that run it compete in, the, in like the, the nationals, like in the world and everything. Like some uh, one of the guys has placed before, and so it's pretty neat. But like I do. Like I'm throwing. Um, 
Are they weighted axes like bowling balls? Well, yeah, I mean, they're axes. Well, no, no, no. I mean, like, are there different weights to the axes? Uh, there's different styles of axes. Okay, so. like, I didn't know if you're getting, like, a six-pound axe but or the, the, pound they're, axe. They're, they're, they're handheld. You can ask for a big, full-length axe if you want. It's like a hatchet almost. No, no, I know what you're talking yeah. about, but I didn't know if there was, like, a weight. Yeah, there's different styles. Like, different like, styles. Okay. All right, Mr. Evans, over under, when will Eric come in and say, I got my own axe? Cater will have his own axe engraved on the handle like oh, a custom-made yes. bowling ball. By and oh, you got to forget about the grippies because he'll like he'll, somebody will mold his hand to it. The grippies. I'll say uh, birthday March twelfth. He'll, he'll <laughs> technically already have my own axe. Oh BS, but you don't have like you don't have like a custom-made one. No, like a baseball it's not custom. Bat with it has it has American uh, flag tape. On of course it, it does. Uh, does it have a cover? Do you have a it, cover it like it does? Cover, it cover over cover. the blade like it's in a golf bag. When he starts speaking of that sport. Well, I prefer a hickory handle over an ash oh, handle. Oh, ash. Listen to it. That's perfect. That's good. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun. It's just one Welcome of those to things the you get podcast. Yeah, I, I, uh, you know, I wore my flannel, wore my boots, had, had a good old Jesus time. So. Christ, grow a beard already. Have it hanging down to your Drew, chest piece. Drew, this uh, is like bike spandex in an axe line. Yeah, seriously. Drove my truck there, my F-150 toolbox <laughs> in the back. It's a lot of fun. But uh, He put a chaw in. Lone Star beer cans in the he back. Had, he That's had two good. cups, two cups, one of the secret sauce and one for his spitter. Uh, uh, Bo Nix uh, went with me, too. So. I'm sure he did. We, we had a good but he wasn't too busy arguing with somebody that he's a better quarterback than Felipe Frank returning <laughs> nonetheless i don't know how we got off on that but uh i don't know i think we're talking about going out main event smoky mountain axe house yeah. both places fantastic beautiful thing about a podcast see if we were on the morning show right now i'd be like oh gosh come on Get stay back on track try. hit the post um guys a lot has happened but i think we should start this podcast out by talking about kobe bryant the tragedy that was yeah. the helicopter crash just outside of los angeles that claimed the lives of nine individuals including a prominent baseball coach, his name is escaping me right now, but a very prominent baseball coach. A lot of major leaguers are coming out remembering him because he was there. Um, he was there. Um, why Junior am I your college coach? No, no, no. Why am I completely blanking on the league up in uh, up in uh, Boston? The uh, Cape Cod, Cape Cod League. Yeah, a lot of major leaguers who played their time between college and majors and signing their first contract. There's eight or nine different guys who said, thank you for everything. You're my Cape Cod League coach. I saw this, obviously. Mets biased. Jeff McNeil did it. Then everybody else started doing it after McNeil. So there are currently eight or nine major leaguers this guy there's, molded during There's his a Cub. Tenure. It's not Brian, but I'm pretty sure it might be Rizzo. Wait, Rizzo was drafted with the Padres, right? Correct. I don't, I don't know which. Andrew Kashner deal. I don't, I don't, there's a Cub that came out. I forgot which one did it as well. But anyway, nine lives, prominent baseball coach, couple of kids, couple of parents, and, of course, Kobe Bryant and his 13-year-old daughter, Gianna. Uh, truly heartbreaking. Um, it's one of these things to where, you know, you're NBA guy. You're not Laker guy, but you're NBA guy. Yeah. You're not major Kobe guy, but, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of the NBA, but obviously follow it. Grew up watching Kobe. He and LeBron were our MJs. I know that's kind of, you can't, that's blasphemy almost if you say yeah. two and compare it to it, but that's how big of a deal Kobe Bryant was in this generation. And, I mean, anytime, you know, someone uh, fatally loses their life like that, it's awful. But seeing the tweets seeing the videos seeing the pictures all the memorials that have come out you know since sunday it's been truly uh remarkable to say the least whether he's an athlete or not john just pop culture and what he has done for the world and you could even make the discussion or at least certainly have the argument he was having as big of a career post basketball absolutely was and the fact that in that basketball career did not come through a college program right high school nba and competed immediately. Yeah, he. You. you I mean, hell, he's uh, he's the youngest NBA All Star starter in history. That's one of the accolades. Everyone's talking about the five rings. 
yeah. the two medals in the Olympics, the countless MVPs, the All-Star Game MVPs, the Finals MVPs. He was the youngest at 18 years of age. He was going to prom and then months later was starting in the All-Star Game with nine other guys who were grizzled vets, if you will. And at this stage of his life, still living, if you ask him what's going on, he'd tell you about his daughter's team. That's what he'd talk about. Yeah, he did so, so much. that the, guy. Women's basketball in the WNBA, man. They, they credit every, a lot of what has happened with their growth to Kobe. More so than the 18 All-Star selections. Came into the league, was an all-rookie team a guy. Made the All-Star team his second year. His next year was an All-Star. And then from 1997 to 2016 was on every Western Conference All-Star team there was. Five-time NBA champion, two-time NBA Finals MVP. He won an MVP regular season. He was a 12-time I believe a 12-time all-defensive team uh, NBA player. I mean, just the list goes right. on and on and on. But you're right. You ask him, you know, what's going on right now? It's my family. It's nothing basketball-related. And seeing the uh, TNT came out with a tribute two nights ago, and Shaquille O'Neal. They were sitting. Okay, so Tuesday was supposed to be the Lakers-Clippers game. The yep. first game the Lakers were supposed to play. They canceled the game due to everything of the buildup. Yeah. I mean, hell, the tickets on the secondary market were going for five times the price. Already – Secondary market price is times five. Yep. So they can the game, and they allow the TNT crew to do the game live from there. They're sitting in a dark court, just enough light so you can see them, and they've got the Kobe jerseys spotlighted up in the rafters. And watching Shaq break down, this monster of a man break down, John, I already have problems watching people cry, sad, or happy, the emotions. I thought I was having difficulties watching Jay Williams Sunday, hours after the Kobe announcement of his death. Uh, came to fruition, or I should say, were actually confirmed. Better said, um, but watching Shaq break down was equally as bad. Yeah, it was. Which, I want to ask something real quick because John can help us with this. This is the first major, like, I wouldn't say catastrophe, but I would say just earth-stopping moment. Where were you when it happened? Everybody references, you know, maybe not for Will and them. Like, I don't recall when, when Magic said that he w- he contracted the HIV virus. He wasn't alive. Uh, you know, JFK's assassination. Uh, just a lot of things that have happened in this world. Not, not comparing the two, but 9-11, Dale Earnhardt. You know what? 9-11, yeah. I, I take that back. 9-11 was pretty – I don't remember where I was when 9-11 On a separate happened. podcast on Monday, I made the reference saying not comparing the two situations, but I will never, ever, for as long as I live, forget – where I where I was, how old was I, what grade I was in, who my third grade teacher was when we watched the news coverage for hours and hours and hours of the morning of 9-11. I'll never forget. I remember that night, went home, played with my buddy uh, outside, went to Pizza Inn that night. I, I remember everything about that day. Yeah. And, again, this is not comparing the two situations at all. No, it's but, just one of those moments where it's like it affected our lives. Yeah, and, and, I'll and remember, that says a lot about Kobe. Yeah. About what the type of person Kobe Bryant was. Question. So when I think about these earth-stopping moments, where were you moments? So, 9-11, Kobe Bryant. Do you recall, I mean, big moments, JFK's assassination. Do Absolutely. you recall Thurman Munson? Do you recall oh, Roberto God. Clemente? Yes. Well, like, give us, you know, give us some perspective on that. It, there are those things you remember precisely where you were, who you were talking to. For me, yes, I was in the ninth grade when John Kennedy was killed. I was a freshman at Memphis State when Martin King was killed. Yeah. That summer, Bobby Kennedy was killed. Right. Not as high a profile, but it was there back then. And then 9-11, I actually had stopped for coffee, televisions on in this convenience store. And an older man 
uh, he was retirement age anyway. He just very quietly and to no one in particular, the second plane hit, and he's just very quietly. How do you defend against that without becoming that? I will never forget him saying that. You wow. know, you can kill everybody. Okay, what are we going to do? Kill everybody? It's not really the answer, guys. I sat there. So this is the craziest part about the world we live in today. I'm sitting in my office at the house, and I'm getting ready for the Monday show because I knew I had a busy Sunday that night. And I'm in a group text with friends. And one of them goes, Ivan's, I know you love what you – this is exactly – it's not verbatim, but it's essentially – I'm paraphrasing here. Ivan's, I know, what you, I know you love what you do for a living, but this kind of crap has to get tiring. The fake news today, if they're going to do something like this, at least make it believable. And included in the text was the link from TMZ that said Kobe had died. And immediately I was like, wow, even this is too much for TMZ. How did they fall for this hoax? And not five seconds after I said that, I hadn't typed it. I hadn't typed it. I just thought that reading it. And I went, wait, that's TMZ. Even though TMZ isn't the first source we go to for a lot of stuff like that, I was like, Man, wait a second. They, even though they're more of a entertainment-centered type website, hot take. They're yeah. yeah, they're not. They're usually not that far off base on this. So I clicked on the link, and it pulled up, and I saw it was a helicopter crash, and I went, "Well, no, man, come on." And then I immediately went to Twitter because that's what we do in 2020. Adrian Wojnarowski hadn't confirmed it yet. Uh, one, like I think ABC News, the national Twitter account, confirmed it, and I was like. I'm going to wait. Don't be first. Be accurate. accurate. So I waited. True thing. And I waited. And then when you start seeing some of the professional players tweet, and then then you start seeing the confirmations come in, and then I was like, oh, my God. And the only noise being made in my entire house. Did you talk about that moment, that man on 9-11? The one thing I'll remember about where I was the day Kobe died was just staring at my screen at the footage of just – just disaster. Smoke is just hearing my dog breathing. The only thing that I could hear was my dog, and I'm just standing there staring at the screen going, oh, my God, Kobe Bryant's dead at 41. And I was just talking about Kobe. We were at, we were at the lounge. Me and George Hurd were watching the Lakers-Sixers game where, where LeBron had just passed Kobe on the scoring yeah, list yeah. because what are me and George probably doing? Wink, wink, cash, cash. Maybe we had a line on that game the night before. And we got caught up in a 45-minute conversation about LeBron. It, it happens everywhere. LeBron mm-hmm. or Jordan. Well, why was Kobe in this list? Then other people were like, well, Kobe. I was just at the lounge the night before for an hour talking about what Kobe did for me in my life. And I'm a Knicks fan. How you have to respect a guy. You hate him because he beat your team, but you respect him because you're like, damn, I wish there was a guy wearing my team's colors that was that good. That's an absolute case of I don't hate him. I hate he's doing it to me instead of right. for me. That's it. Hey, Kobe, he was he was in attendance when uh, LeBron passes passed him on the all-time scoring list, tweeted at him, um, and then the very next morning going from that game was what? New, was that game in New York? Which one? Uh, uh, the Saturday night game. In Philly. In Philly? Yep. And the very next morning, I mean, essentially he's back on the West Coast and that happens. It's it's really disturbing. I, I, I like you, I'm in, a, I'm in a Snapchat group chat, which is annoying as all get out. But anyway, and 
someone put in there, you know, there's a rumor going around that Kobe Bryant died today in a helicopter crash, and I immediately went to Twitter, and same as you, waited, saw the TMZ article, I was like, all right, and then I saw some people tweet about it, saw ESPN tweet on it, then I saw, because the ESPN was a little wrong on it too, um, I saw uh, numerous NBA beat writers confirming it, confirming it, confirming it, I'm like, golly, what is going on? And so, uh, just amazing. Uh, You're just hoping Kobe will tweet and be like, this is sick. No, this yeah, and like I never, you know, now that I'm reporting in, you know, a small mar- or a medium market here in Knoxville, like, you know, on a beat, like I never wish for the downfall of a reporter. I never wish for a report to ever be wrong because, I mean, that takes a, crit- takes a hit at your credibility. I mean, it's not good for you. But, I mean, the whole time I was just, you know, man, I hope this is wrong. I hope this is wrong. I hope sure. this is wrong. Um, but it wasn't. And as you move on throughout the week, uh, that TNT, you know, special with, with the way Shaq broke down, uh, saying that, you know, he, he hasn't spoken to Kobe in person since his last game. And I'm like, golly. And, of course, he went on and said, you know, I lost my dad. I lost my sister this this year. Now I lose my little brother, Kobe. And uh, it's just awful. And then did you see the video when he left the Staples Center and all the fans were yelling, Shaq, Shaq, and he quieted him. He said he started the Kobe chant. That's pretty sweet. That, that's pretty cool. But, I mean, wow. just one, one, one of many, you know, there's been so many people come out. You, you've seen NBA players who wear both 8 and 24 changing their numbers. You've seen – uh, Mark Cuban come out of the Dallas Mavericks saying no one will ever wear 24 again. Um, you know, it's just uh, – it's and, then, you know, of course, there's a lot of people that live in the moment. I'm not saying don't live in this moment, but wanting to change the NBA logo to Kobe Bryant right now, his silhouette. And, you know, I mean, when MJ passes, the same conversation will happen. But that's the type of impact uh, that Kobe Bryant had on this game and had on, uh, had on this country. It's pretty amazing. And I heard you guys could confirm this, I'm sure, that – more than one NBA team at the first, at the beginning of All their of next Sunday. game, took a 24-second, we're not hitting the court. The, I played the audio of the Spurs-Raptors call at the beginning yeah. of the game. They took it. But all the I think there was four or five games on Sunday that went down that they all did it. I think a couple teams on Monday did and it. And took the penalty. Uh, Duke wore 24 pullovers when they played uh, Pittsburgh earlier this week. Uh, Tennessee wore purple laces last, or two yeah. nights ago. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing stuff like that. You know, here in Knoxville, Tennessee. Now, granted, all, all of Tennessee's players, ironically, a lot of them come from overseas. Uh, but you know, only a, only two players on Tennessee's roster right now are local kids. You know, the rest are all over the country. One from Finland, one from France. You know, a little team in Knoxville, Tennessee wants to honor, honor Kobe Bryant, who has absolutely no ties to Knoxville or to say Tennessee in general. I you mean, got soccer players in Europe like Neymar score a goal, and instead of ripping his shirt off, sliding on the ground. He kicks it, scores, immediately walks side-by-side side with the bar and holds up 2-4 on his hand. Guy at the Australian the Open had uh, eight written on his shoes. I mean, it, yeah. it's everywhere. And, uh, a couple guys were warming up in, in Kobe jerseys Yeah, Sunday, at the Australian Open. Su- yes, yeah, Sunday afternoon during the Pro Bowl, you had guys, uh, when they when they made a sack, they did the, the, the two-step fadeaway, and they, they had a, a tribute on the, on the Jumbotron. It's just incredible. And, uh, you know, you hate that it happened, obviously. You, you, your heart breaks for – all the families involved, but you know Vanessa Bryant just came out last night with a statement, um, and you know during this time she's trying to raise money for the other families. Um, it's just crazy, and I don't know if we said I, I can't remember if we said this off air or on air. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If it was in the first few minutes, but did you not say that you heard that when Kobe Bryant decided to take helicopters to the training facilities, uh, you know, to coach or whatever, that he and his wife Vanessa decided never to be on the same helicopter? Yeah, they took a vow uh, as a married couple that, excuse me, if anything was Ever to go wrong, because nothing's guaranteed, obviously. Yeah. That the one vow they took was that they would never be in the same 
chopper chopper or plane together just in case tragedy struck because if something was to go wrong which unfortunately it did on sunday they did not want to leave their kids without their parents and wouldn't you know you take that vow and that's just eerie within itself that something would happen like that. And then all the uh, – Especially with the pilot being so just trained as he was. Many, many – I mean, many, many famous entertainment stars, even NBA, current NBA stars. Kawhi Leonard came out during his media availability and was like, I want to pray for the – forgive me, I forget the pilot's name. And that's a shame, too, where you know, all the attention is focused on Kobe and Gianna, and, and I'm having difficulties drawing the other seven names. But even Kawhi was like, I'm reconsidering now flying – I just want to wish him well, at you least know, rest in peace because he was my pilot as well. Two of the other girls, two or three, were her teammates. Yeah, right. And then the baseball coach and his daughter were on the. Yeah. You're seeing all the hashtag girl dad tweets now, and that's been, that's been awesome. Uh, you know, from a national scale to a regional scale down here to a right. local scale. Um, <laughs> it's just been pretty incredible. But, I mean, you know, you're, you're exactly right. And, again, I always – it's like, you know, recycling, you know, just over and over – there were nine lives, not just one that was lost in Kobe Bryant. So you pray and thoughts of prayer. It's just Kobe Bryant's the most prominent figure, and so that's where the conversation's going to lie. But um, he wasn't perfect. I mean, he wasn't perfect at all. He he struggled there early on in his career. You know, he is now these days. Yeah, exactly. But uh, the way he overcame, the way that incident was gone, and then um, the way he transformed himself, not only as a basketball player, but into a family man. He was a businessman, and so – we could talk two hours about the impact and the loss. It's just truly remarkable. And I think the, the best way to segue out of it is just, um, you know, you'll always, as we already pointed out, you'll always remember where you were, uh, what you were thinking, who you were talking to when news like this hit. Because it's so sudden. I think this might be, you brought it up earlier, you know, you don't remember it. I wasn't alive, you know, at least in the sports world when um, – when Magic Johnson came out and said he was HIV positive, right. uh, that just smacked you in the face. You know, Dale Earnhardt passing <laughs> away, in, you know, at, at Daytona, he was in a car going 200 miles an hour. There was always that risk. I mean, it was sudden, don't get me wrong, and not diminishing that, but there was always that risk. Um, it's just, it just smacks you in the face. Well, and in, in the case of Dale Earnhardt, he's also that guy. At the time, he was old school. So that restraining collar, he said, no, I don't want that. Yeah. If he'd had it. He'd have walked out of that car. Yeah. So it's a, it was a weird start to the week, that's for sure. And it, it was, you know, we're a morning drive time show in a top 70 market in the country in Knoxville, Tennessee, which pulls no NBA ratings. We spent three hours, a little bit of Tuesday too, all three hours talking Kobe Bryant Monday morning and had fielded a, you know, a, a lit up uh, phone bank of calls too, which kind of speaks to the volume of it. So it's, I, you know, it doesn't work well for radio, but you guys can see the look on my face. Which, you know, we're, we're four and a half days past this, and I still can't believe we're talking about the death of Kobe Bryant. I just it, it blows me away. I've got a buddy here in town. His father is a big Lakers fan, and he still lives in West Knoxville, and will occasionally stop by his dad's house to see him. His dad's retired, divorced, so he lives by himself. Guy literally just plays golf all the time and hangs out with his family downstairs in his basement. He has a photo of him and Kobe in a framed autographed jersey of Kobe Bryant. He met Kobe one time, had Kobe sign his Bryant jersey. It's framed on his wall. I'm not going to be able to go down into his basement. You know. All right, what do you got down here, Chad? And without looking over at that Kobe jersey and being like, damn. Also, class move to um, if you just read the headline, you might be like, well, that's kind of messed up. Nike pulled all its Kobe merchandise off its, off its shelves, off its web stores right now because they didn't want the secondary market to go and 
make an instant profit off of it right now. So I thought that was pretty classy. I mean, they're going to put it back, obviously. They'll put it back, and when they, it goes up, it's going to be – Yeah. It, if you want something to remember Kobe, I mean, hell, just the other night, a buddy of mine was just like, how much do you think Laker jerseys are going for right now? Or Kobe jerseys are going for on eBay. I mean, there's people out there just selling everyday jerseys for two, three hundred dollars. It's just like people are just trying to do their part to remember Kobe and get yeah. their piece of Kobe if they can. Yeah. And in a bad way, it's just this is how I want to remember Kobe. I'd like to have that in my closet. Well, there it is. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, segueing into something that uh, all three of us are very passionate about. Um, man, so a couple weeks ago, well, a couple months ago, really, the news came out that, you know, the investigation into the Houston Astros 2017 World Series run tainted. Um, the banging of the trash cans, the use of technology to steal signs, that was confirmed. And then the commissioner's office would, uh, at a later day, come out and issue punishments. Well, again, Gentleman's Hour, 991thesportsanimal.com. So, first of last week, been a couple weeks now, come out, Robert Manfred, Major League Baseball Commissioner, rules out his punishments. A.J. Hinch, manager of the Houston Astros, suspended one year. Jeff Lunau, general manager of the Astros, suspended one year. The Astros organization docked $5 million, and the team loses its next two years, first and second round draft picks. So, trying to be, you know, the way I, initially I said, okay, it's not enough. Uh, you had, and again, this is a Braves fan talking, but you had a general manager for the Atlanta Braves a couple years ago. They got a lifetime ban for sliding money under the table to international prospects. Got what was coming. Yeah, you're fired, you know, and he really was instrumental in this rebuild Atlanta's going through or finally climbed out of. But point being, you give a lifetime ban to a guy like that and then you just suspend a general manager and a manager for a year. There's different layers. I get all that. But in substance, Jeff Crane, owner of the Houston Astros, cans. Both Jeff Lunau and A.J. Hinch. Um, the uh, Boston got rid of uh, Boston got Alex rid of Cora. Alex Cora, who was the bench coach uh, during that run. The Mets, who, what, how many, uh, November 1st, uh, hired uh, Carlos Beltran to be its manager or their manager, had to part ways with Carlos Beltran even before he managed his first spring training game because he was a veteran on that ball club. So, I mean, there's still fallout. There's still fallout. But this was huge news. And it's really sad to see that it, that it happened because I'll, I'll start with this too. That old saying, "If you ain't cheating, you're try, you ain't trying." Like everyone still signs in football. I would pick off the, the guy on the opposing sideline that was signaling plays. If you're smart, you can decode it. And you, I mean, there's there's every football team in America does that. Every baseball team in America still signs. But when you use when you go the step further, the technology. When you use the technology, if a batter looks down and catches one, yeah. that's baseball. That, yeah, and that's but why you change the catchers. That's the catcher's job to make sure and he I forget see and change the signs. Both of you might know there was a ball player was asked, "Do you think steroids are worse or this?" And he said, "If I knew what was coming, I wouldn't have hit two thirty last year." Oh, who was it? Uh, so yeah, that's it. On that level, there's that. nobody that can't make contact. If you know what's coming, it's a hit. I thought it was pretty powerful watching uh, Freddie Freeman. They were doing a uh, the Braves caravan and how frustrated he was about it because his buddy Chris Medlin is yep. now out of the league. His final appearance, he got shelled by the Astros. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Medlin was falling off. He battled injuries and all right. that. So oh, not, he had a couple saying, arms hurt. Yeah, but not still. saying that was the end straw. But you're right. The, the you already that, are weak. as, or It's not weak, but you're already hampered as it is. And then now they're stealing what you know is coming. The coffin. That was it. Yeah. Right. I mean, how many guys were the 26th man on the roster that could never crack it because the guy that they were you know, beating out for a spot 
knew what an off-speed pitch was and knew when he was going to get a heater down the pipe and he could turn on it. Marcus Stroman came out, who's now with the Mets. And I, I was at the divisional series back in 2017, the the, the Blue Jays and the and the uh, the Astros, whatever. They were shelling him. They got to him, got to him, got to him. And he and like, there was a video put out on social media. And I, I don't believe everything on social media and everything, but they, they broke down the – the, the banging of the trash can and the sounds and all that stuff. And he quotes what he said, well, no shit. Now it all makes sense. I was getting shelled. Right. Stuff. He's like, it, it make, the first, I remember the first one was like, it makes total sense now. He's like, I was throwing nasty stuff that day, and they were laying off of it. And he was like, anything close to the strike zone, he's like, they were pummeling yeah. it. And so we don't, Here's the crazy part. I'm going to send it to you. I'll send it to both of you guys later. Somebody who has way too much time on their hand or is trying to make, write a major report went through every game of that season. And listen for the trash cans. They they change their board up so they could hear more of the sound than they could the broadcasters. You can do that now these days. And did a chart on Astros players based on who benefited the most from the trash can bangs or who had more bang like who had the most evident trash can bangs during their at bats. And it's not even close to the three players who have had the most trash can bangs. Altuve, Bregman, and Carlos Beltran. Carlos Beltran, really? I mean, he was. He was. I think he was far. Him and Bregman were neck and neck. Altuve, like it's it's. But, it's but Beltron it's, didn't get as many at bats that year, right? I mean, right. Was, yeah, yeah, because yeah, he was DHing and he was also like the first man off the bench. Yeah, yeah. So, but apparently, yeah. everyone from the Astros who spoke of that time said Alex Cora. He was the brains of that. Right. He was That's the guy. AJ Hitch tried to shut it down a couple. AJ Hitch tried to shut it down, but didn't have the stones to be man like, up, yeah. do it again. It's over. Do it again. And I'm getting you out of here. So I mean, he knew about it, tried to stop it, but obviously didn't try hard enough. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate too. It's like you know, at the bar with my boys and being like, "Do you really need another drink? Don't tell me what to do." All right, you can have one more hour later. Car keys, please. Yeah, well, I'm have one more. So okay, too, you can have one more. You know, I'll get into what Jessica Mendoza said uh, as well because I don't, I don't agree with her at all. But um, you know, we all have our favorite players. You know, we all, you know, there's thousands of Jose Altuve fans out there. Carlos Correa, you know, Bregman and. You know, whatever. I mean, I'm a big Brian McCann fan because he was a baby brave. He spent his almost his entire career uh, with the Atlanta across the chest, with the exception of the couple of years in Houston, a couple of years in, in, in New York. I mean, he was catcher, team leader, clubhouse guy on that team. You know, he's been silent, but, you know, that's one of my favorite ball. I mean, that I was young when he broke in. That, that's one of my – him and Jeff Francoeur were my two favorite ball players. I mean, Francoeur wasn't good, but point being – we just don't know. But he could still throw a ball and hit that car across the interstate right now, though. Oh, 100%. <laughs> he could go. Frenchie! He could, he could still hit 95 on the gun, I guarantee it. But the point being, you know, with a guy like Brian McCann, who hasn't come out and said anything, but, you know, how many players were involved? Here's every player knew what was going on, at least. And that's very unfortunate. Because, you know, which players benefited from it the most, you know? Well, according to that study, it was three of them. But everyone probably benefited from it. Certain you know extent. what? It's one thing. There's some people who are just comfortable in their own digs. Some people like to be on the road more. I mean, you could have a discussion right now that Jordan Bowden clearly is enjoying his time away from Thompson Bowling Arena than he is at home. His numbers are showing that he's more comfortable on the road than he is at home. But if you look at their road home splits during that 2017 postseason run, I mean, come, come on, Bregman. You were hitting a buck 73 at Minute Maid. Or excuse me, you were hitting a buck 73 on the road and you were hitting over 400 at Minute Maid Park. Let's go, dude. And then comes the buzzards. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> now, there's a lot of Photoshop heroes out there that are a lot better at it than I am. Uh, and then all the jokes and the memes came along with it. But, and, I, you know, we'll never know. I mean, Major League Baseball investigators said that there was no evidence. So, I mean, it's, it's done. It's case closed. But when you see that video of Altuve coming across, homered That's off crazy. Chapman. 
when holding I first that jersey. saw that, when I because I was watching it live, and when I saw him like holding like that boy, was he, the, he grabbed. But this was around the period of time, and I don't know if it was Pete Alonso or who started it, but in Major League Baseball, the trend started picking up of ripping the jerseys off your walk-off. Well, Alonso went in the league then, but go ahead. They, well, no, no, I'm talking about – oh, no, I misspoke. So, yeah. obviously, it couldn't have been Alonso. You're exactly right. But whoever started the whole let's rip, let's yeah, rip the yeah. jerseys off, let's get crazy, everybody's surprised, uh, Gatorade, all this stuff, shaving cream, that became a thing. That was the new thing. Why is it you just sit your team to the World Series? No, I misspoke. That whole thing, no, the 2017, that's where it was. That's why I knew it was off. I misspoke. Let me try this one more time. They won the World Series in 2017. The Altuve (laughs) walk-off that set up was this past year. (laughs) That's why I thought Alonzo and the Mets had started it. That was this past year. So watching him like like a person out in the weather grabbing their chest and their scarf going, oh, it's cold out here. And if you can read lips, I mean, it looks don't. like, again, you can't assume, but it looks like But Ken saying, Rosenthal don't, don't asked him. The producer. Yeah, Ken Rosenthal came out. Altuve, why didn't you want your teammates to rip your jersey off? Oh, my, my wife gets on to me whenever I'm shy. I don't like my jersey off. What? You just sent your team to the World Series, and you hit a walk-off bomb against one of the best closers in baseball. Dude, you're lucky I don't have sparklers in my back pocket while I'm rounding second. He said his producer buzzed in and told, like, whenever he was talking, he said, hey, ask him about this because I guess everyone t- took notice of it. I didn't, I didn't take notice of it immediately. Well, I, I, remember, thought, you know. I remember him saying that. I'm like, oh, come on, let him rip your jersey. And then Rosenthal asked him. And I was like, yeah, what? Oh, my wife, I'm shy. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Maybe Altuve doesn't want to make the moment about him. Maybe he's a team first guy. Come on. And apparently now, and then this is the part where you're like, oh, was it really true? You know, there are people who claim that they were near the investigation. They said that Bregman and Altuve were the most difficult during the interview process. You know, I don't, I don't, you know, they pulled the Bill Belichick on a lot of things. Yeah. I misinterpreted, I misinterpreted what you said. I missing, yeah. Bill, you said earlier you didn't film. Oh, I misinterpreted the rules. <laughs> I miss it. And you can say anything now these days. Oh, did I say that? Well, then I must have, I must have forgotten. I don't like the tone you asked me that question in. Listen. I'm not going to answer it. The old, uh, what's his name, off uh, Ron Swanson. Whenever you get caught in a situation, anybody asks you a question, you repeat it with a question. <laughs> Sir, did you eat the last of the bacon and chicken from the plate? Do I look like somebody who would eat the last of the bacon and the chicken? In the? <laughs> yeah. Are you trying to make this difficult? Do I look like somebody who would make this difficult? <laughs> Just re- return the question. Which, with the by question. the way, is a... Bitch of a rule in uh, Circle Death. If you make that a rule, every time I ask a question, you answer back with a question. Ah, uh, Kaner. You still got the little green man on your can? Oh, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, you hate the little green man, that. don't you? Listen, I, I don't drink Somebody's like that Somebody's got his Coors anymore. Light 18 pack asshole no. hat on, looking like a damn knight. D- dialed it back to college a little bit on New Year's. Play, play that, play that game. By the way, that yeah. that that, v, that VM that Emerson sent out. I was at a bachelor party on Saturday night. I was like, you, I, you, it's okay. You're allowed to cut loose. Oh, yeah. you, can, you can undo your tie oh, after 9 a.m. every morning. Boy, did I. It was fun to listen to that the other day. But anyway. Um, <laughs> you're not going to be able to run for office. If you plan <laughs> on following in your old man's steps, you're SOL, dude. <laughs> but um, it's just truly remarkable seeing all the layers unfold. And, you know, I, I feel – I know a lot of people in the Mets organization know a lot of Mets fans because of my time uh, with, the, with the rookie team the last I couple of years. I a bunch of pricks. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> And I hate it for him because, I mean, you're, you're starting over. You're starting this new venture. And then, you know, a month and a half later, you got you got to start over again. And so that sucks. And then Jessica Mendoza comes out, and she's criticizing Mike Fires, who came out and initially, you know, spoke out on it. And I get it. No one likes a tattletale. No one likes a whistleblower. But you're going to criticize someone coming out and making it public? You know, it, come on. You either hate it or you love it. And I think we need to – I think we need to – 
highly praise Mike Fires for because not only not only does he break arguably the biggest scandal in Major League Baseball since the Black Sox. That's right. But when this next year, I think he's in his last year of a two-year deal with Oakland. Who the hell's going to want to sign him now if they're running anything else? If they look at him and he's got that scarlet letter on him yep. of, oh, no, no, rubbing the old index finger, nuh-uh. Let's just say he might have cost himself more than a couple million dollars on the next contract. This guy threw a no-hitter last year for yep. Oakland. Guy still got it. Dallas Keuchel came out and essentially apologized when I – it wasn't his introductory press conference, but I think no, he was at the Cubs. Camp. It was at the uh, Cubs, con, not Cubs con, uh, uh, White Sox con. Yeah, and uh, he was like, "Listen, I'm sorry." Like, yeah, I mean, it's not like we benefited from it every single game, but yeah, that's what it is. What it counted. I, he, he, he was sure he was doing. He was he's, sure what you know. What he's doing right. What he's doing the pettit. Oh Apolo- yeah, get out in front yeah. of it and apologize, and they'll forgive you. Pettit, well, I mean, did you do steroids? I did. I'm sorry. Everyone's like, "Love you, Andy Pettit." To our knowledge, did you do it. Yeah, I love it. Oh, love you, Dallas Keuchel. You're a man. Thanks for owning up to it. Everybody else, yeah. To our knowledge, I mean, it's not like pitchers benefit from this. Now there could be other stuff Ooh. that we don't know about. They can, but at the same, you're right. They don't. But at the same time, you got to think if you're Keuchel out there, and if there's any way that they can, you know, they don't have to change up the signs as much, and it's. <sighs> If they're putting this much effort into helping the hitters, they had to be like doing this. something for the pitchers. Let's put it like this. Let's say he got rocked in the first inning. They know the signs, and they catch up and make it an even game in the second inning. He pitches a couple more innings and lowers that ERA after a rough start. Oh, yeah. Then guess what? That's the difference between you signing a one-year prorated $14 million deal or getting what he got this year, a three-year $64 million deal. Well, as you're, you're the pitcher – does it help you directly? No. Well, unless your team puts up those extra yeah. runs and like gives the, you that cushion. So if you will, it's kind of like the gold. DH. There's a chance the DH is implemented as early as next year. Guess what? what? What's wrong with these National League pitchers out there who get shelled and they're down 2-1 to one in the fifth inning? They're like, look, we got to hit for you right now because we need to get back in this game. AL guys get two more innings to try to you know salvage mm-hmm. things or yeah. boost up, lower that ERA, or add more to the innings pitch. Oh, yeah, it's all tied together. Well, yeah. who, I think it was a sports writer, well, sports broadcaster, that said, okay, DH, bring it in. But when that starting pitcher comes out, the DH goes away. It's a bizarre take on it, but it truly makes yeah. sense. No. Hmm. I don't know. It's a, it's a black eye on the sport for sure. I don't know if we've seen the last of it. But think about – got to be careful. That's why, I, that's why I didn't want to point fingers at my buddies. I have, I have two buddies who are hardcore Astros fans. And a bunch of my buddies like, why are you of all people? Because I love trash talking. Why are you not beating them over the head? I said, you want me to be a thousand percent honest? And they, uh, Chris Kane and BJ back in Iowa. And they were like, why are you not beating them over the head about this whole trash can thing? I said, you want to know why? A thousand percent honesty? I'm scared to death that it's going to come out that the Mets are doing something or that your favorite team's doing something. Every and we find major out league ta- doing team is going to come out doing something. Exactly. Now, like I do you not said, want to be pot called holding the jersey. Well, I'm shy. Well, plus that electronic vest I was wearing, you know. And they claim, there's people out there who claim, one in particular. This is just to show you how just dramatic and just how much rabbit hole that this can go down feet-wise. Carlos Beltran's niece was always around him a lot. That's a real thing. She's posted videos. The, well, the, the, the one that was on social media turned out to be a fake. Uh, she posted a video with her name. Like There was one people who were like, this is not even a real thing. This is clearly a player. And the day later, she posted a video before she canned her account, and she goes, my name is so-and-so, so-and-so. She held up a piece of paper with the date the time. She's like, this is my username. This is me. And she said, I have 
more than enough evidence to clear my clear my uncle Carlos's name. I hate that the Mets did what they had to do. And she goes, if this keeps getting worse, there are many teams out there who are calling foul, and I can change this up right now. And then she claims she's got photos of Bregman taking his jersey off, and he's wired up. Yeah. Well, just the fact that, of all things, baseball, which is a diminishing fan base, it just is. We're not careful. Soccer's going to pass it a couple of years. Baseball will soon have the all US, the credibility of high lie down in Florida. You know, oh, yeah. it's just that. You know, and that's a shame, too, because, like, they, the boys asked me on the show, should Beltran be canned? Would you can Carlos Beltran if you would? I immediately said, if he wasn't punished, then that's that. But then I thought about it a little bit more, and I thought, can you imagine what would happen if Beltran didn't get canned and the Mets found success? There will always be those whispers and always those questions. Of At the least a question mark. Every time. And if you've got new ownership coming in, this I'm not again, I'm just taking 10 seconds. This isn't a Mets thing. I'm just simply stating I'm a big Carlos Beltran fan. Has my fandom for him diminished since learning about this? Absolutely. Do I feel it was right that these players had to be these coaches had to be fired and players moved on? I'm sorry, AJ Hinch. You had a chance. You didn't put a stop to it. Alex Cora, you had a chance. Guess what you did? You cheated the game. Carlos Beltran, you benefited from it. I'm sorry, man. I wish you nothing but the best. You have had a healthy career, but you know what? What's done is done. And it's a shame, too, because there are people out there who believe that Carlos Beltran is a first ballot Hall of Famer or was a Hall of Famer. And you know what? I think there is a real discussion that could be made of, hey, listen, stealing signs and taking steroids, where's the fine line? And I'm not going to turn this into a, hey, Pete Rose needs to be in the Hall of Fame, but what Pete Rose did back in the 80s, even though they had a giant 12-by-16 sign that was screwed to the wall that says don't bet on baseball or sports, I mean, look, there wasn't a sign that hang, that uh, was hanging in the locker room that said don't use technology to steal signs, but guess what? Sometimes those unwritten rules get a freaking clue. Well, there was a, a guy who was always staying in the minor leagues even after his player days managing Memphis. Redbirds, a guy named Stubby Clapp. Absolutely. When, yeah, good Stubby ballpark. Clapp. Good ballpark. AutoZone when, Park. When the uh, steroid thing was first coming out, was still not illegal in baseball, yeah. but was coming out. And somebody asked Stubby Clapp about it. He was shortstop for the Redbirds. And he said, I hit so many long outs a foot or two from the wall. If I juiced up, they're out. He was married, wanted to start a family. He said, well, I'd heard what those things do to you. I didn't want to do that. So he was a journeyman player who then went into managing minor leagues. And not not to get off on the steroid thing, but just quickly, taking advantage of the game. If you're a sign stealer with using technology and you're beating out somebody who's going to try to take that 25th man roster spot from you because you hit 200% better than he did during spring training – how many of these guys during the t- days of when steroids were running rampant around the league went, what's the penalty for a first-time steroid user? 50 games and a slap on the wrist. Do I lose any of my contract? Well, you don't get paid for 50 games, but the guaranteed bonus is already going to be in place. If you're Brett freaking Boone, yeah. if you're these guys out there who were known steroid abusers, Sheffield and them, uh, Sheffield, th- maybe those are two different situations because Sheffield was already a great player, and Brett Boone was a more better than average player but you're telling me right now tyler ivins you have been given the god's gift of eyesight hand-eye coordination and you can hit at the major league level you're telling me right the hell now i can take a couple of pills some cream 
and take a syringe to my ass, and, and you're telling me right now I'm going to sign a guaranteed $96 million deal over four years, I'm going to piss in a cup in about eight months, and it's going to be deemed illegal. They're going to flag me for illegal drugs. Guess what? Here's 50 games. Go sit in your penthouse down on the beach. Work out. Keep the baby fat off of you, and we'll see you before the All-Star break. Guess That's what? Right. I'm still collecting 90-some-odd million dollars. Until they do something, until they do something where they pull the card and say, one and you're done, until Major League Baseball takes this serious. Until they get the red card like in soccer. Yeah, exactly. You're gone. Yeah. Until my – guess what? Here are my choices. I can either be grounded for 20 minutes or I have to stay in my room all day and I can only come out for dinner. Guess what? If I knew what the punishment was, if it was a little bit more lenient or not as severe – yeah, guess what? I'd come home at 10.30 instead of 10.15. But the day my mother beats me at the door and says, I told you to be home by 10. It's 10.08. That's eight days without your car. Have your teammates come pick you up. Guess what? I never crossed my damn mother again. And be straight, to be safe, 10 o'clock was 9.55. Yeah. That was 9.53. And when I came in the front door, it was a loud slam. It was commotion of, I'm home. So she could do that little turn to the 9 o'clock to see what time the clock set on her nightstand. Again. People are going to wiggle around the rules. So you see me in the streets, and Eric Kane goes, you cheater. You suck. Come on over later. I've got a uh, $80 million house you can come hang out with me at. Yeah. All right, what else, cuz? This whole thing, too, I mean, one of the big things, we wrap this thing up, one of the big things Robert Manfred was, was stout on was we didn't want to punish current players because most of them, there are so many of them, and most of them aren't even on the team anymore. Just imagine these guys in different clubhouses, like you said, you know, contract years coming up, got to move on to free agency, get traded away. I mean, you know, it's a fraternity in all sports, in the NFL, and NBA, and baseball. I mean, some of these guys will never be looked at the same again. Altuve, Bregman, those guys. Bregman, who's already considered one of the biggest jerks in the game, never be looked at the same again. I don't look at Jose Altuve the same. I don't either. And it's going to 21st century, not at all unlike the Black Sox scandal if i can't trust those dozen guys can i trust this game anymore is that's baseball really played up fair yeah. mm-hmm. all of the, i don't he, know that's a great point because dude we're all baseball purists i'd like to think we hate replay da it is what it is leave the game the way it is but all those times the conspiracy theorists would come out like how do we know there's not pine tar or when you have friends who are in the sport, John, that we've talked about, Eric, that we've talked about, who will have a couple beers with me and be like, yeah, yeah, you can still get around the rules now. Just put sunscreen and dirt on it, and then you grip the ball. That's it's kind of like pine tar. You're like, oh, my God, you guys do He's like, yeah, well, everybody does it. Am I watching a sport now where if somebody does something majestic or something like, wow, you're always going to sit back now and be like, what happened in that series of events that might have been illegal, but we're all going to cheer it as if it was pure? But see, even the electronic thing, if you – could initiate that high school, college level, one or two guys benefit. At that level, everybody, everybody benefits. That's a great point. It truly is. It's a black eye on the sport. And Take us home. I don't think it's going to be anything that's going to be wrapped up anytime soon. I think more layers and layers will come out of it. But what we do know now is Dusty Baker, 70 years old, uh, short-term, one year. Dude, he's a three-time manager of the year. I don't know if the Astros are going to get back to the World Series. And Dusty has a bad rap because everybody claims he blew out Pryor's arm. Dusty's a great manager. He just sometimes ran into teams that had better rosters than his did. Club option for the 2021 seasons. The Astros are moving on. Uh, the Red Sox are moving on. And uh, the Mets. Mets win in-house. Uh, Luis Rojos, a guy that's been, what, 13 years 
16 of the current 25 members of the Mets roster at one point in time were managed by Luis Rojos. Ron Snicker, same situation with Atlanta, yep. essentially. Brought him up. So uh, It's going to come to managers are going to be put through what is, in effect, a national security clearance. Are you squeaky clean from junior high <laughs> forward? That's going to be the standard yeah. now. It's not going to be can you get us to the big show, World Series, or – can you win games? It's first, let's look at you. I keep saying 25, boys. i got to remember that new rule this year. 26. 26. That's right. 26. That's right. Extra men, more payroll. Let's do it. That's Tyler Robbins, at Tyler Robbins on Twitter, John Stancil, John underscore Stancil, and I'm Eric Kane underscore Kaner. This is 99.1 FM, the sports animal. Of course, 99.1 FM, 99.1, the sports animal.com, Apple Podcasts, and Mouthful. Google Play. It really is the Gentleman's Hour podcast each and every week. Back Next week, we're going to talk Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Until next time, have a great rest of your week, everybody. Another Gentleman's Hour podcast is in the books with the starting lineups, Tyler Ivins and Eric Kane. Chat with the guys on Twitter, at Tyler Ivins and at underscore Kane. It's the Gentleman's Hour podcast on The Sports Animal.